This episode is sponsored by MMS Missionary Music School, changing lives one note at a time. Go to mmsforeveryone.com. My name is Porfirio Gueiros, and you're listening to Think and Play. I invited a few of my students, which I call friends, to talk about music. What made that song so special, and what made that song different, and what that song influenced in their lives. If you like music like me, if you're a music enthusiast, you, this is the podcast for you. So enjoy, have a seat, and let's think about music. Thank you. I walk a lonely road, the only one I have ever known. I don't know where it goes, but it's home to me and I walk alone. This is the opening statement of one of my favorite songs, Bolivar the Broken Dreams. Why so many people decide to leave church, including myself? Is religion dead? Is Christianity dying? Why so many people run away from God? These are some of the questions I asked Dr. Blaine Charette, and you will be surprised by his answers. At the end of this episode, I'll be playing with some students, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. By the way, the song is covered by City Creed. It's an amazing band. Let's think and play music. Blaine, what happened to you? Tell us your story. father was a lapsed Catholic so he grew up in he grew up in very much a dysfunctional Roman Catholic household and then part of it was just the the abuse he saw in the church when he was younger so by the time he was an adult he basically had stopped going to church and he, he kind of you know one thing I found interesting about him which I didn't even realize until I was an adult is because he wasn't much of a reader but we would have these books in the house and what I what I and I'd sometimes use these encyclopedias and other kinds of books to do school projects, but they're sort of unlike anything that it seems everybody else had. And that's because what he would do, and I think this is just his way of expressing his frustrations with the Roman Catholic Church, is books that would be placed on, say, the index of prohibited books, like, say, the works of Voltaire or certain kinds of encyclopedias or H.G. Wells, because these were all the authors that you would find in this library. The, the, kind more, of the, the more interesting parts of the life. Yeah, and, and, and it's not like there was anything necessarily bad about these books, except that they're written by people that again the church had issues with right Rebel. yeah and so i think that was my dad's way of kind of living out his rebellion against the church mm -hmm. is just if you say i can't read this i'm going to buy that book right <laughs> and so uh, i kind of that was one thing i kind of respected about my dad is he kind of had this obstinacy but but a proper kind of obstinacy in the sense that he was a deep thinker and he did and he i think he left the church first in many respects, kind of the right reasons. And he was always God-haunted, but it wasn't until much later in life that he actually became a Christian, really very close to his death, right? But all through his life, you could tell he was sort of God-haunted, because he, I don't think he ever stopped believing in God, it's just he had issues with the church, right? Yeah. So my mother, she was, so she took, she took us to church, and my father never had any objections. In fact, I think deep down he is probably happy that my mother was taking us to church. And so from the time I was young, I had kind of a strong sense of God in my life. I can't remember a time, really, when I didn't believe in God. 
And then my grandfather, my mother's father, he had a profound influence on me when I was young. Because oftentimes I would spend big chunks of the summer with him. And he was very old at that time. Yeah, so he was a, a major influence on me. But I kind of grew, grew up in this context, though, where on the one hand, you have faith, but at the same time, you have a certain critique of faith, you know, coming from my father's side of thing, and, and, and not accepting something just at face value, but kind of analyzing it. So I think that, I think this may be a good combination, and it, perhaps it's it shaped me the way I am, so having that kind of deep faith on the one hand, but with a certain kind of critical distance to kind of analyze and question things. I remember um, when I was in high school, you know, back around that time, there were actually these anti-rock evangelists that would yes. travel around. And I remember one of these guys came to my church when I would have been probably 15 or 16. By that time in my life, I'd already prayed about this because when I first started listening to rock music, and especially when you start hearing those things that this is the devil's music or it's sinful or it's going to lead you astray, mm -hmm. I remember making it a matter of prayer. I remember saying to God, okay, if, if you don't want me to listen to this kind of music, let me know, right? Yeah. But I, I kind of like this music and, I, and it's not leading me into drugs, it's not leading me into sex, it's not having any kind of a negative effect on me from what I can tell. It's just I kind of like it. So I remember making that a matter of prayer for quite a while. And so I had a piece about it. And then I remember this anti-rock evangelist came to my church. Backward message, something like that. Well, that came a little bit later. later. What, what he would do is he would mainly go through lyrics and he would see either drug-related things okay. or sexual-related uh -huh. things. Uh -huh. and, and the thing is, I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's it's like, I think he projected his own neuroses on some of these songs, because uh, yeah. some of these, he would see, because I think, yeah, I never, I'd heard that lyric a hundred times, I never thought of it in a sexual way, mm -hmm. right? And now, the, what he did is he kind of, now every time I hear that lyric, I can't help but think of it in a sexual way, but, but I probably wouldn't have done that had it not been for him. And so, so basically, what he would do in his books is kind of and it's mainly, I think, to just frighten parents, essentially, what he was trying to do. But I remember at one point, you know, this friend of mine that I just reconnected with, we were really good friends when we were in high school, and he's, he, he was reminding me of this time when, so it was on a Sunday morning, he said, okay, I want all the young people in the church who own rock records, like if you have rock albums at home, I want you to stand up. And then what I want you to do is commit to bringing your records to church this evening, and we're going to destroy them all. <laughs> and so he said, um, if you're going to, willing to do that, bring your records tonight, sit down. So I didn't sit, because I, again, I'd already had this conversation with God, and I uh -huh. didn't feel any guilt about it. And I thought, I've, I've spent a lot of money and time cultivating oh, this yeah. record collection, so I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not going to destroy it just because of this guy. And and so then he's putting more and more pressure, and I just kept standing. And then he finally said, okay, you know, he points to me, and he says, okay, you can sit down. It, it, I, I found that kind of, I mean, that was a, an interesting moment in my life, too, because I, I didn't in myself feel rebellious because I thought, I wouldn't have known then how to articulate it as I would say now. But I still knew that, look, this is a matter of conscience, and you're turning it into a legalistic thing. And I'm not going to be intimidated by you, even though you're the guy on the platform, right? And that's probably a bit of my dad maybe coming yeah. through with, but, but I never felt guilty. Yeah, but I, I never felt that. And the thing is, some of my friends who did sit down and, and rec destroyed their records, within three weeks they're buying 
They're going back to the store and buying them again, right? So it's just this sort of intimidation. But I've never quite understood why that was a thing. Well, it is just sort of that, it's characteristic of that kind of legalism that sometimes no, 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 you find. But I believe that music has a big, powerful thing, especially for teenagers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because the rhythm, the harmony, the repetition stays in your mind forever. Any change you're... Well, you're right. And and people, maybe, maybe yeah, you're right. People should Don't perhaps fear music to a certain extent because it, it can, it is such a powerful influence, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, it's a language, it's yeah. a tool. They're communicating good stuff and bad stuff. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. I, I've bands. listened to some <laughs> some forms of rock music, and I feel it's it's a little bit too dark, right? I mean, there's there's certain okay. kinds of music that Black Sabbath, Alice yeah. Cooper, Alice Cooper. Well, and, and, and you have to wonder to what extent some of that's tongue in cheek. Black, just their Black Sabbath, that title song. Yeah. But but they, they sort of are, I think they're kind of intentionally trying to project this sort of scary, but I see it almost more about, at least when I was young, I'd say this is just a Halloween type of can thing. I, can I tell you something? <laughs> I never had issues with Black Sabbath. No. Never. It never, my heart is never went like, eh, eh, never. Yeah. But I had issues with, with Rolling Stones. I don't know why. I had issues. I didn't have issues with like with sympathy for the devil or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I didn't have issue with ACDC. Yeah. I didn't have zero issues with ACDC. Yeah. Elton John, I had issues. That's Not because interesting. It's gay, I don't care because yeah. I love Fred Mercury. I have that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Huge fan. So it's not about the. The lifestyle. The lifestyle. Of the, it's, it's, it, I don't know. It's something. Well, that's that's interesting. Like I could see things with respect to the Rolling Stones, but I'm curious about Elton John. What? I don't know. And you're I'm not a sure piano exactly player. what it is. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe because when I, when I started learning piano, my dad said piano is for girls, and I don't want this sissy mm. to grow up in my my household. Oh, I see. And when yeah. I saw Liberace uh, yeah. <laughs> and Elton John with all the the the, the, the flamboyant yeah. stuff. And yeah. So with with it might have been a bit of that gender bending type of mm -hmm. thing going yeah. on. Right? Do you think that, for example, you get the worst kind of person, Jesus, the two thieves on the cross? Mm. So let's talk about them. So mm. you have two bad people around Jesus Christ. Yeah. Their whole life, I don't know how old they were. They should be young. Yeah, they're probably young men. Young, yeah. Young men. They were raised with no sense of Christianity or spirituality or nothing. Mm -hmm. they, they could be drug dealers, rapists, whatever. It could be a hooker, it could be any, 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 any yeah. whatever we consider a yeah. sinner person. Got so doing harm yeah, to other people. They're doing yeah. harm to people. Yeah. Human beings get to a stage of, of non, I don't know if it's non-consciousness or callousness in, in, their, in their hearts. The, the heart gets so so hardened, hardened and yeah. because they they don't care anymore if yeah. you're killing somebody they don't feel regret yeah. if if they have sex with 10 10 people at, at, at night or at the same moment yeah they don't care anymore but i believe that still somewhere still somewhere there's something eh, am i doing this oh i'm doing it for the money no I'm because i have to pay my bills I, they have all kinds of excuses Oh, because if I work with a normal job at McDonald's, I would get like eleven dollars an hour, thirteen dollars an hour. Here, I, in one hour, I can make ten thousand mm. dollars. So, choose what am I going to do? So I'm doing for the money. It's your choice. It's not mine. I'm not. I'm not forcing you to buy anything for me. How about when they go to sleep? Well, that's right. When they're 
But they're laying there alone at night in their bed, thinking. Yeah, they they have to be honest with themselves at some point. At some point. And that's and I think that's when again the spirit speaks to these people. Politicians lying every single second. Even whoever whoever is on the top, they're gonna lie to us because they cannot tell the truth. Because if they tell the truth, there'll be chaos in the world. Yeah. They hide things yeah. from us. Yeah. Of course they do. That's yeah. why they have the secret service. That's why yeah. they have uh, <clears throat> like that secret documents that only government knows. Mm. So the president has to put a big smile on their face. Now oh, everything is doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Liars. Yeah. I don't think we can handle the truth. What's, re- what's really, really, really going on in, in the world. Mm. But we have the spirits and we have hope. That's right. Yeah. Well, you you start off by talking about the two, the, you know, the two criminals on the mm-hmm, cross mm-hmm. beside Jesus, and it's interesting. One of them is still very hardened, right? Yeah. Because he kind of joins in the mockery of the crowd, but the other thief, and you know, the the term that's used in the Gospels, lestai, they're probably revolutionaries. So they're probably um, they're they're like Barabbas. Mm. In fact, they might have been colleagues of Barabbas, the oh, guy yeah. that's let go. Uh, in place of Jesus. So there are probably Jewish zealots who are fighting against Rome, okay? They're kind of radicalized, militant Jewish guys. And and they would be doing this for nationalistic reasons, right? So they're not necessarily bad, bad people. But they, they would be, they would certainly have no hesitations about murdering a Roman mm-hmm. and that kind of a thing. And so, um, but but what you have pictured there is one of them, their responses to Jesus are so different because the one just simply joins in the mockery with the others. And he's still thinking in very selfish kinds of ways. Whereas the other one has that insight that Jesus is innocent. You know, we, I mean, he's hes honest enough to say we deserve to be up there like yeah. this. They probably, because both of them probably do have blood on their hands. So they're probably thinking, okay, we, fair game. We're up here because we've done wrong, but that's not true of this Jesus. He is innocent. He's a righteous man. It, you know, we're not told where he gets that insight, but presumably there's just, he sees something in Jesus that, but he has the sensitivity to recognize that when he sees it, whereas the other guy doesn't, and that's where that hardness comes in. They can both see Jesus, but they see two different things. And that's the mystery, you could say, of just the human nature, is is why are some people, the same event could lead to a softening on the part of one person and a further hardening. And that's always the mystery about the human personality, is why, why those different results from the same thing. The world needs to hear from true life down to earth yeah christians yeah true christians that's right yeah because we have a lot of fake christians out there that's right and yeah. and people are running away from church exactly. well they're running away from a false from representation f- yeah. of what the church okay. is. yes yeah because yeah. because a genuine church is going to be attractive to people yeah. right mm-hmm. because a, a genuine church is it's going to reflect the character of christ and it's going to be driven by the Spirit of Christ, and 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 people, you'll you, so often you'll see people where they will they'll be very positive towards Jesus, like they'll they'll know about Jesus uh-huh, from the Gospels, uh-huh. and they'll it's almost like why can't you Christians be more like Jesus? Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. And and that and when there's that disconnect, that's when the church fails, is when the church no longer is adequately reflecting who Christ is. 
And that's what people flee from, uh-huh. right? And they should, right? <laughs> because, what, because it's not really the church at that point. It's kind of betrayed its calling. That's why we go to image church. Yeah. Because we are the we image of Jesus Christ. That's right. Yeah. So it's a, it's a well named church. Yeah. yeah be because transformed by the image of yeah Christ, Christ being the true image of the Father, and uh-huh. what we're trying to do is conform more and more to the image of Christ. Yeah. And I'm so far away from that yet. <laughs> well, it's always an ideal that we're moving towards. Isn't it? No, it's true. It's yeah. true. It's very good. Right. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for the invite. A long time ago, I decided to leave church because I thought church wasn't for me because of the lifestyle that they were imposing me to follow and I didn't like that. I'm a rebel, rock and roll guy. I loved to go to rock and roll concerts and this was against the church. So my family background is we are all born and raised in a Christian church. So when I turned, I think 15, 16, I decided to leave church because there was no room for me in church. There was no room for the songs that I would like to sing and play it. So it was easier for me to go out and seek for for my passions outside the church. I believe that one day God spoke to me through a song, I don't remember the song, but say, hey, I love you the way you are. I created you and I love you the way you are. So I chose this song, Bolivar of Broken Dreams. But when I heard this song in 2004, 2005, it touched my heart because this is what I felt when I left church. The church full of humans disappointed me. And I said, I felt alone. I felt alone because I had no families and friends anymore. All my friends and families, they they belong to the same church. And I was, I kicked myself out of the church. So the problem, well, I felt alone. That's the main thing. I felt empty and I needed to have friends and have people that accepted me the way I was. So I found a group of friends that accepted me the way I was. Crazy rock and roll guy. So we bond together and praise the Lord. We had this very nice relationship clean it was really good because god god provided that that group of people that embraced me and loved me so i decided to play this song bolivar of broken dreams for one simple reason it makes you think are you alone in this world you shouldn't be god is with you another important information is that i got this very nice uh, cover by city creek deep down into the heart only acoustic guitar it's beautiful so it's not me playing acoustic guitar so I asked a few students to cover the cover, <laughs> playing bass and playing drums. And here it is. This is the final result. So if you want to get more information about City Creed, I'm going to put a link on their Spotify and the website. So thank you guys for sharing this beautiful arrangement.
Alright, thank you for listening to our podcast Think and Play. If you have any questions, shoot us an email, thinkandplay2222 at gmail.com. Subscribe for more episodes. We're going to have lots of more to come. Peace out. Thank you, people. Bye. Love you.